I'm Jackson Licka and welcome to this episode of our 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series. Today's program, Realizing the Potential of Recurring Service Revenue, is being brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If you're tuning in for the first time and like what you hear, I would encourage you to subscribe to this series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, make sure to let us know. We'll make every effort to get it listed here as well. And subscribing will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. One of the phrases often used by precision dealers to sum up their business plan for technology support is a move from free to fee. For many dealers, those three words represent a significant shift in how they've historically handled precision service. While farm customers are used to paying for medical repairs on a tractor or combine, Attaching an hourly charge to calibrate a yield monitor or troubleshoot a down GPS signal has been a much harder sell. More than 61% of respondents to the 2016 Precision Farming Dealer Benchmark study said that starting to bill for precision services is a priority for growing revenue in the coming year. But there is momentum for changing the mindset of farm customers and finding the right combination of services and salesmanship is how Jason Pennycook, precision specialist with Johnson Tractor, is having success packaging precision support plans as a recurring revenue source. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast brought to you by Farmer's Edge, Jason shares his experience-based insight for developing a profitable precision service plan to include pricing, training, and renewals. start out with some of the stuff we've gone through in the last couple years. We're pretty new to this um, service plans. Um, We've been at it for three years. I don't think we have it all figured out yet, but I'm going to go through some of the stuff we've done and tried, and um, hopefully this can help some of you out here. Um, Our reasons for um, developing service plans, um, I think the best thing I can say is the meeting our dealer principal said he didn't want precision farming to be a necessary evil. Um, we need to generate some income from precision farming and not just have it be an overhead cost to the dealership. Um, the equipment is all coming with it on it and we need to be able to service it and make some revenue off of that. Um, we build better relationships with our customers. So with the service plans, you're out there talking to the customer, get more one-on-one time with the customers and your growers. The more one-on-one time you can get with your customers, 
the better relationship you are going to build with them and the more they'll want to come to you and you know want you to fix and work on their equipment um, other big thing is letting the customers know the services you offer they've been buying equipment from you um, for years and you do that well you sell equipment they might not offer the they don't always know the other services you offer so if you're doing you know like you said scouting or if you're doing you know preseason setup making sure everything's um, you know calibrations all of that if they don't know you have it you can't sell it so you got to get it out there and get to the customer let them know what you offer and they will come and they get them back in the into your store um, generating income precision farming over the last decade a good majority of it from the beginning to now has been given away um, you sold early on in guidance yield monitors mapping all of that the precision guy went out guy bought guidance on his tractor sent him out and he went out set it up showed him how to use it if there was something built into the sale you got something if not in the dealership side a lot of it was just written off it's unapplied labor so getting the service plan so we can actually generate labor and revenue that generate revenue for that labor that has been unapplied all these years and putting together a plan um, know your customer base this may seem a little extreme but um, you're gonna run into um, all different aspects um, we're in the Midwest we're a four-star dealership in southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois pretty much all corn and bean cash crop operations other places is gonna vary we vary from um, small smaller operations you know six to eight hundred acres up to nine thousand acre operations so we cover a wide range of different customers need to um, know that customer base and keep in mind what those customers are going to want out of a service plan and it's going to vary depending on a small guy and a larger operation one of the toughest things that we've run into is just trying to figure out what services we want to offer and how we want to put them together um, because there's a whole range of stuff and as other people have said you can make it way too complicated and have so many services that customer doesn't know what they want um, as far as field services I know in our plans we offer basic stuff from setup um, we'll go out set up your planner uh, make sure it's ready for the season set your clutches calibrate your guidance um, and those are all individual services we offer. We offer stuff as plans. Uh, our, service, our service plan would be a premium and a basic. We went with two. Um, both of those include, uh, the premium one includes one on-site visit, um, where the basic is just phone support and training, a training class at the dealership. We also offered more one-on-one -on -one stuff, where we're not doing a broad thing we're just covering a specific topic that we run into in our area the main things we have is of course planner set up in the spring getting the clutches um, set up make sure your section control is working correctly and combine yield monitor calibration in the fall those are our two biggest things um, another ones we offer is you know desktop software a lot of customers are using their agronomist, their seed guy. That seems to be the big in our area. They're doing all of their 
prescriptions, all of their agronomic work. But we have customers that do want their own data, and they want to be able to have some control over it. So we do offer some one-on-one -on -one training for them as well to, um, so they can actually learn how to use the software themselves, bring their data in, have a better handle on it, and know it's theirs. Um, training. Um, we've always done in-house a lot of training uh, for planners and combines. And that's one thing we wanted to work into our service plan. Service plans include one um, class in-store. Um, another way to try and recoup a little bit of that um, cost for putting on a training class. So we have four stores, so when we do training, I'll have a whole, you'll have a whole week into you know, putting on classes, getting the customers in there. And your goal is to save time in the spring. I found that, figure that anyone you can get into a class is one less phone call you're going to have to take in the, middle of in the middle of planning, middle of harvest. The trick is getting them into the dealership and showing them that this, that this is a worthwhile solution for them to help them start in the spring. Um, the third one is data management. Um, we're not huge into data management um, as far as compiling data. Our main thing is printing out maps. We don't do a lot of it, but we do have a lot of customers that just want their maps for insurance purposes or whoever. We do that. We've um, chose to go away from more of the agronomic side of it because the uh, relationship with the local co-ops and um, pr service providers, we get along with them. Most of our uh, customer base deals with them for all their agronomic data. We're not trying to step on toes. We still sell equipment to some of those companies as well. So we let them do that. And then we deal with, uh, we deal with them to make sure that they get the data into the customer's display the way it should be. Here's a really another one that I think we've all talked about. It's complicated is how to price your plan. If we, if we price the plans to um, generate revenue for what it's actually worth, unfortunately, no one's going to buy it. Um, we know what it costs to put this on and do it. The customer's not really big on you know, they see it as, well, another huge expense. Um, as a goal for ours, for revenue for ours, we're just trying to recoup enough money to cover the cost of precision employees. I mean, our goal would be to sell enough service plans and service through PF to be able to hire another, you know, another tech. Because eventually, you know, you get enough service plans, like Adam was saying, you can't support them. It's just too much for the employees you have. So you need to try and find some way to increase the revenue to get another employee or increase your employees. Um, how much time it takes to actually do the services? Now that's a tricky one because some things don't take long, but some things can take a while. As a prime example, um, you know, you go out to a tractor, you have to update a display, a guidance controller, a receiver. Depending on the piece of equipment, one of them may take you an hour, one of them may take an hour and a half. But you're going to have to be aware of what each component costs and try and find a happy medium for your pricing to cover all of the different costs and keep it in a range where you can still make a little money and the customer would um, still be interested in purchasing that service from you. I think it all comes down to what will the customer pay. 
in the last um, you know last few years have been great. Uh, prices have been good, and there's been a lot of um, customers that are like, no, nah, we really don't need this. And I think with the lower prices and commodity prices coming in this next few years we're looking at, I think we can probably I think we can get more customers on board with a service plan, show them the service you offer, and just try and make sure they know that if you get out there, go through their system, make sure it's working before season so they don't have problems. I think the price, you've, the price you can set when you decide on something to work for your area, I think the uptake will improve over time. Who will be responsible for the, doing the services you offer on your plan? This one is always a tough one because the precision farming specialist is your dealer, or one of the, it, it, you know, he's busy. He's always going to be busy in the spring, before season. A lot of the stuff will be covered. We do a lot, our stores, our precision farming specialists do a lot of the initial service plan stuff, try and get out to customers beforehand to get it going. But there are some things where you're going to get to get the service department involved as well trying to get everyone on board with um, trying to get a grasp on, we have service plans. Service, the uh, precision farming specialist is doing this, but how do we get to um, the service technicians involved so they're on board? Um, that's always tricky, trying to um, keep track of everyone's time and who's actually paying for what and um, who's actually gonna perform the service. Um, we also do some, you know, an outside source. That's another option. Um, we consider that with um, prescriptions. We leave all of the, our prescription work to, um, for the majority of it, to a uh, co-op, an agronomist, an outside source. We work with most of them when we do our classes in the spring. We invite all these local co-ops to send their guys in for our planner or combine classes. So they have knowledge of how their file needs to be set up to be put into a display for their prescription. So we don't run into all the problems of, like you said, he gets a thumb drive, he goes to put in a display, nothing works. We don't, I don't want, we don't need the argument in the spring, the farmer doesn't want it, he just wants it to work. He doesn't care who does it, it's gotta work when he goes. So by getting them involved as well, that helps our spring and keeps everything more streamlined. I would say one of the trickiest things we did was just putting together the pamphlet. It's got to be something that's simple, that the customer can understand, and not overly complicated. I think the first one we put together was like six pages. Um, and it took us several months and we got it down to a nice little trifold pamphlet, but you got to whittle a lot out and, you know, making our terminology and how we wanted it in there. Took a while to get it down. And even the one we've got now, I mean, it's constantly changing. Um, the way the service plans go, because as we go on, I think Adam mentioned this, multiple tries, and um, it keeps being refined and changed as time goes on. And I'm sure maybe in another two, three years, we might have something that we like and it may stay that way for a couple of years again until it gets changed again because the market changes technology changes everyone wants a different service um, the internal management for the plan is something that we are still working on we've been doing this for only a few a couple of years now and um, trying to figure out how it's built you know making sure it gets built out properly who's responsible for getting it built out 
um, making sure all, store, all four of our locations know who's on a service plan. Um, most of our locations, we can drive to within an hour, hour and a half, we can get within any location. So we have a lot of customer overlap. Um, he might be between two stores, depending on if he's north or south of his farm, he may go to one store, he may go to another. Um, so we gotta try, we're got to working on ways to make sure all our locations know who's on a service plan. So when service manager at store B gets a call and he's on a service plan in store A, he knows that his phone time is covered. We're not trying to bill him for that or he's got his on-site visit is being taken care of by this other, other location that we've got it covered and he's not getting a second bill. We'll be right back to the program and hear more from Jason, but I did want to again thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. While reflecting on Jason's thoughts thus far, he talked about the decision the dealership made to move from the mentality of precision farming being a necessary evil to a revenue-generating part of the business. Once the dealership took stock of what Jason called unapplied labor associated with its precision farming department, the decision was made to develop and execute a strategy to recoup billable time with the objective of applying revenue directly toward retention of precision staff. One of the keys to getting customers to buy into the change is keeping it simple, accessible, and affordable. Jason noted that when done right, service plans can be leveraged to strengthen relationships with customers rather than strain them. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Jason Pennycook on key considerations for a service plan and the importance and challenges of accounting for phone support. Um, customer database. Uh, a lot of people already have their software set up for their equipment side of it. Um, the biggest trick you run into is for precision farming side of it is most of the time you need more information than they actually have listed for the equipment side of it. You want to know what displays he's running, uh, what kind of a, what subscription service he's running, if he's running any of that, if he's doing variable rate. And that gets a little complicated. We can go in on our, our equipment, our software we use for the dealership for accounting parts. And I can find whatever, I can find all his equipment, his tractors, this and that. As far as the PF stuff goes, I can't necessarily see if he's got a tractor, but is he running a, what display he's running, if he's running guidance, what level of correction. And the, been working on setting up that ourselves. Um, trying to um, getting a better handle of a customer database of what each customer has, the subscription services they're running. And um, so when we go out or a guy goes out to the field and deal with his customer, he knows what he's getting into when he gets there. So it's not just like, 
you, guy calls up, you go out there, and, oh, now I need to set up his variable rate and start a subscription. Well, I didn't know that was going on. We want to make sure they know that when they go out there. Um, knowing there'll be more, there'll be more tasks. Um, it's one more thing for the precision farming guy to do unless they find someone else to administer it. Now, with commodity prices going down, equipment sales slowing, there's a good chance that the precision farming specialist or the guy who's setting up your plan is probably going to be administering it too. They're probably not going to be hiring more people to cover that role of trying to get that implemented. And keep that in mind. That's going to be one more task on a regular basis that you're going to have to stay on top of um, because it can pile up pretty quick. Um, there's going to be a lot of information coming at you, trying to get these plans sold, dealing with customers, making sure they're billed out correctly. And everyone knows that, you know, who's on the plan, how it's being taken care of. That is one of the biggest time killers there. And once you get, once you get going and get everything set up, it will get smoother with time. We're still fighting that now, just trying to make time for, um, um, like the next point, this, you know, make it part of new equipment sales. Uh, all new equipment that would have any PF components on it, we are billing a service plan to that as soon as the piece of equipment's ordered. So as soon as the um, equipment is ordered on the way to the dealership, it's already put on to that equipment. The price for uh, the, our service plan for one year is put on there right from the start. Uh, that way when the salesmen look at it, they're just, they're, they look at the bottom dollar, they're going, it's already there, they know what they need to sell the equipment for, and we're not having to make sure for every deal we go to the, the salesman and go, you got the service plan on there for the year. Um, we do try and talk to the service, to the sales department those, make sure they know what the service we offered and that we are putting it on there. But by doing on new sales, we just make sure that it's on there from the beginning. And um, that is the first step. I mean, new equipment is gonna be your biggest service plan customer when you start. Um, getting the rest, of the, the rest of your customer base on board will take longer. It'll be easier to get it on the new equipment. Um, we also do it where all new PF sales, anything, quote, we send out for any new system or anything, put the service plan on there. Um, people will ask about it, which is good, because you want them to ask about what your plan is so they know what you offer and what you're actually trying to accomplish with it. Here would be the biggest um, thing on there is customer resistance. Um, I like to put it down to, um, they've been they getting the service for free for so long that when they hear they have to pay for it, there are customers that'll be like, they see the benefit. They want, you know, they want to be able to have that uptime and not be waiting and they're all for it. But there's a good majority of them. I refer to them to like my three-year-old daughter. You tell them that something's changed and next thing you know, we're throwing a tantrum and laying on the floor screaming. Um, even my three-year-old daughter eventually will come around and um, be on board with it. But you just got to go through and let them know. I mean, the biggest thing is if you can keep your growers, get out there and get their stuff set up, ready to go before um, planting, harvest, that'll be the biggest advantage. You get out to some guys, get it sold get them going in the spring, make sure everything's right, 
if they have an, if they have a good spring, everything goes good. You've been out there. You know it all works. They're going to come back. They're going to want to. They will come back and do that. I have um, several customers who have adopted it so far that for that reason, they don't want the downtime when they get going in the fall or the spring. They want their piece of equipment to be ready, and they don't want to have to mess with it. They want to turn the key, go out, plant, combine, whatever. Because there's nothing most customers hate more than when they go out, turn the key, go to plant, drop the planter in the ground, and nothing works. And that being said, you're gonna, it's just the biggest challenge is just showing them the value. They have to see the value in it. And like I said before, I think with um, lower commodity prices, there'll be more growers who see the value in that. When corn's high and beans are high and they can roll equipment every other year, they, they don't always see the value in that because they're thinking, well, I don't need a service plan. I'm going to roll it. It's going to be new equipment. They're holding on to it. They're not rolling as often. They're going to need, you know, they're going to have issues eventually. It is technology. It's not infallible. Um, the thing is, not all complaints are from the outside. Um, I know from the startup, one of our big complaints, you know, you do get the, service, the sales department. They just look at it as another cost that you're adding on to their sale that they have to try and recoup and they don't see any benefit out of it. Sometimes, yes, they, they, don't, they don't see the benefit, but the customer does. And getting the sales department on board with letting the customer know, it's on the new equipment. So whether they tell the customer they have the service plan or we just know, you know, we have it written down that all new equipment has it, but does the customer know? The customer needs to know it's there. And getting the service department to be on board and go, okay, here is what is included in this service plan on your new piece of equipment. Um, the customers see that from the beginning, get some thinking. Then you can try and roll some more of them over in the next year to renew the service plan and build that um, customer base up. Uh, if the sales department isn't telling about it and just going, oh yeah, it's on there, it's just another cost we have to cover, takes more work on your point. Yeah, on your part. Every time you got an open house or a clinic of some kind, you're going to have to be pushing and pushing and pushing and, you know, letting everyone know that we do service plans. This is what we've got. This is what we offer. And just be ready to deal with, um, like I said, some kickback. Um, some guys won't say anything. Some guys will be like, well, why am I doing this? And I think I've seen several guys bring this up, and we've talked about this before. Billing for phone time. Um, we have that in our plan, uh, billing for phone time. We do it in 15 minute, you know, 15 minute increments. Have we ever billed any phone time? No. Um, that is the hardest thing to try and keep track of for the PF guys or anyone else is billing phone time. My solution for phone, billing phone time, get everyone on a, on a support package that covers their phone support and then you don't need to worry about billing it because keeping track of billing phone time I'm sure at some point they might come up with something better, but without going with a call center, anything else, just running through the stores, it's extremely difficult to track your phone time. It sounds good in theory, and I know some guys who are, some people that are doing it, but you know, if, unless you're running a call center, that can be complicated. And it's on there, and I've had customers that call up that said, okay, that's fine, bill me for the phone time. They may be two hours away from the store, I can talk them through it over the phone, get them going, and they're more than happy to pay for the phone, you know, the time they spent on the phone. 
the majority of them? No. And I think one of the big things is with the phone time and the support packages, if, we could, if you could find a good way to bill out all your phone time and show the customer that time, he would be more inclined to um, maybe read his book, get a service plan, instead of just calling every five minutes when he has, you know, oh, I don't know where this button is, tell me. Um, but until we, you know, and we've discovered that, until we find a good way to build the phone time, that one's going to be trickier. We just got to go more on selling the customer on the value of what we can offer them. And it's ongoing, and it's, um, I'm sure it will change every year and maybe forever, depending on what services go. And on a final note, the biggest thing is stand your ground. Um, whether it's the service department, sales department, customers, stand your ground. You know your service is worth it. You know you offer something to the customer, stand your ground, and they will come on board. How do you or, or have you separated your the, the technology support plans with the machine side? There's extended warranties. There's stuff on both sides. Do you combine them? Do you separate them? Um, we keep them all. It's separated. If extended warranty and the service plans are separate. So, and as far as um, how it's how it works in the dealership, any service plan, I mean, it just goes into its own specific fund. It, I think it goes under precision labor into the pool there. So then anytime the service department or someone else goes and does anything that's involved in the service plan, it gets pulled out of that pool towards the um, towards their department instead of the precision farming department. But yeah, no, the, the precision farming is in our store, it's set up as its own department. So we're not tied in. If they're doing a extended warranty, anything like that, that is all separate from the service plans. Jason, how do you manage that sorting between service plan owners and non-service plan owners? My other question was, do either of you offer multi-year plans? The second one first, no. We do not offer multi-year plan. I suppose if we had customers who were interested, I'd be more than happy to make a, you know, set up a multi-year plan. Uh, right now we haven't had that. Um, as far as distinguishing um, between service plans and non-service plans, as far as service time, I don't necessarily put it down as a pri they have priority. We're doing the service plans as more of a preseason, trying to make, you know, trying to push this towards get you ready before you're going. Um, and then, you know, usually like I think someone said back there, we usually just go by, you know, what's the, you know, worst, worst thing going on and go from there. So we don't actually have it written that, you know, are, if you have a service plan, you have priority. Um, and right now, we that's been that's been working all right. It may come to the point where the guys with service plans say we want priority, and then we're going to have to look at restructuring some things. But as of right now, we do not. Um, you talk about you're not writing prescriptions yourself. Um, Third-party people or ag service providers are doing that. Uh, you talked about them coming into training um, or you going out into the cab and, and loading that prescription. Do you recouping that money from the ag service provider do you charge them a fee we are not charging them a fee uh to do that and even when we do the training um if we charge you know i think we're charging 30 dollars a person to come to a class at the moment um we're not charging them um we're just trying to get them you know 
up to speed on what we're, what our system requires to run. Uh, we found I, I found benefit in just I could charge them for every time you know I had to go out there talk to one of them. We find it works better. I'm dealing with them. They know they can ask me a question. In return, when they have a customer who has a question or maybe looking for something, I've seen some return back on that where the people from the co-op will call me and go, I was out at so-and-so's. He's looking for this. You know, I know he's dealt with you before. Go give him a call. Um, and I just want the, we're just trying to get, you know, everyone involved with the customer that we sold equipment to on board and make it as smooth as possible for the customer. Um, it would be nice to recoup some money from the co-op, but the customer already deals with them. He's already paying them and we're just trying to make sure we can all get along and um, make it easy for the customer. Well, thank you, Jason, for sharing your experience and advice on implementation of a comprehensive service plan as a recurring source of revenue. Those listeners who would like to see more of Jason's presentation mentioned during the program today, please visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com podcasts. And again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program. So feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. And you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. And finally, don't forget to join us at the second Precision Farming Dealer Summit coming up on January 9th and 10th in St. Louis. And the theme of this dealer-only event is Proven Business Blueprints and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. For more information and to view the entire program and agenda, visit www.precisionsummit.com. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on December 1st for the next episode in our 2016 podcast series, Turning Interns into Long-Term Precision Employees, where John Fulton, Associate Professor at Ohio State University, will share some of his best tips and considerations for attracting and retaining new precision hires. For Jason Pennycook, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.